Wisdom truly is in life. If you ever wondered what what is that one thing that seems to get some people through and, and how are they able to know this or know that, wisdom really is the main ingredient in life. Uh, some folks say that uh, learning without wisdom is a load of books on a donkey's back. And you can interpret that any way you, you choose, but I think that's true. God has given us wisdom. In fact, when we think of the, the wisest man to ever live, as we would say, Solomon, and God asked him, what do you want? I'll give you anything. And he chose discernment. He chose wisdom. There's a story about a proud young man who came to Socrates asking for wisdom. And he walked up to the, the muscular philosopher and said, Oh, great Socrates, I come to you for wisdom. And Socrates recognized a pompous numbskull when he saw one. So he led the young man through the streets all the way to the sea and chest deep into water. Then he asked, What do you want? Wisdom. Oh, wise Socrates, said the young man with a smile. And just then Socrates put his strong hands on the man's shoulders and pushed him under the water. Thirty seconds later, Socrates let him up. What do you want? He asked again. Wisdom, the young man sputtered as water came out of his mouth. Oh, great wise Socrates. And Socrates put him under again. Thirty seconds. Thirty-five. I'd have been passed out by now. Forty seconds. Socrates let him up, and the man was gasping for air. What do you want, young man? Between heavy, uh, heaving breasts, the fellow wheezed wisdom, oh, wise and wonderful, and before he could even say, oh, great Socrates, there he goes down again, 40 seconds, even 50 seconds. What do you want, Socrates said? Air, the young man screeched, I need air. And Socrates replied, when you want wisdom, as you have just wanted air, then you will have wisdom. The Bible tells us many times over and over that wisdom is essential to our spiritual health as much as air is to your physical health. So before I go any further, allow me to say to you, there are two kinds of wisdom. The Bible talks about that, and we'll look at that in the book of James, but we want to be filled with the wisdom that comes from God and the scriptures, not the wisdom of this world. James wrote, there are two kinds of wisdom in James chapter 3, 13 through 17. James says, if you are wise and understand God's ways, live a life of steady goodness so that only good deeds will pour forth. And if you don't brag about the good you do, then you will be truly wise. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your hearts, don't brag about being wise. That is the worst kind of lie. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. If you look at Matthew Henry's commentary and you look at uh, James chapter uh, 3, he says that wisdom produces meekness and meekness increases wisdom. And so it's important to understand that when you are wise, uh, you're a humble person. And then he goes on to say, such things are earthly, unspiritual, and motivated by the devil. 
For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every kind of evil. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no partiality and is always sincere. You know, he's almost connecting the fact that wisdom is godly love. Because if you read through that, it almost echoes Paul's words where he says love is pure and love is kind. And just look at this again. What is heavenly wisdom? What is wisdom from God? It's first of all pure. It it loves peace. It's gentle. It's willing to yield to others. That doesn't mean when you get to a yield sign on the road that you yield. It means that you are able to... um, you are able to follow what other people will ask you to do. You know what a great leader always can do? Take orders. It shows no partiality. It is always sincere. So when you think of someone who lives in that way, they are wise. But then there's also the other wisdom that leads to evil. And there's a wisdom that leads to holiness. Now, What I did not read in Proverbs, and you can do this um, after you go home and watch the Cowboys beat the Panthers, um, just wanted to throw that in there for you. Uh, Proverbs 8, we read Proverbs 8, but if you read Proverbs chapter 9, it talks about two women and how they are both telling people to come their way. One is wisdom, one is folly. Friends, as you and I live this life, there is always two voices talking to us. One is wisdom, one is foolishness. And they're both saying, come on in. And if you read chapter 9, that's what it's saying. One is saying, hey, wisdom has built her house. She has uh, hewn out her seven pillars. And then in verse 13 of chapter 9, it says, A foolish woman, she is simple and knows nothing, but she sits at the door of her house to call those who pass by. You see, friends, there are two voices that constantly speak to us, and without godly wisdom, we will listen to the wrong one. Job 28 and 28 says, And he said to man, The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to shun evil is understanding. Elihu's, uh, Elihu was Job's friend, kind of, until he opened his mouth. But he reminds us that wisdom is not just for the aged. Job 32, 79 says, I thought age should speak, advanced years should teach wisdom. But it is the spirit in a man or woman, the breath of the Almighty, that gives him or her understanding. It is not only the old who are wise, not only the aged who understand what is right. And when you think of King Solomon, we understand that. Look how young he was when he took over, and yet some of the the situations he had to uh, make, he needed godly wisdom. In navigating this life with family and jobs and health and all the other things that are thrown out to us, do we not need wisdom? And that's why the Bible says, whatever it takes, get wisdom. Job 28 and 28 shows us very clearly that fearing the Lord 
And turning away from evil is what true wisdom looks like. It is what constitutes true and godly wisdom is to follow the good and turn from the bad. The Bible also instructs us to pursue wisdom above everything else. I think all of us at some point have probably taken, taken one of these, you know, write down your top five goals in life. Now, you don't have to answer out loud, and I would advise you not to, but how many of you have actually wrote, I want, I want to be wise? Most people would say, well, I want to get a degree, and then I want to get a you know, job in this, and, and nothing's wrong with that. None of that's wrong. But how many of us have actually said, you know what? I'm going to quote Proverbs 4 and 7, and I wonder if that is really our life goal. It says, wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Now, I want to make a, a, a quick connection here, because Jesus actually said, if you follow me to be my disciple, you've got to count the cost. And really, he was saying, it, it may cost you everything. In other words, Jesus is saying, true wisdom is following me. True wisdom is following me. I love how Eugene Peterson paraphrased that verse, Proverbs 4, 7. He, he wrote it like this. Above all and before all, do this. Get wisdom. Write this at the top of your list. Get understanding. So the next time you, you're asked by your your boss, you know, what is your five-year plan? Just say, get, I'm, I want to be wise, and then they'll look at you funny. Uh, I read somewhere it said, what's your five-year plan? And he said, man, I don't have a five-year plan. I'm just trying to get, to get to Friday. That's okay. How did God create the universe? Wisdom. In fact, Proverbs 8, chapter, uh, excuse me, chapter 8, verse 22 and 23 says this. The Lord formed me from the beginning. Before he created anything else, I was appointed in ages past at the very first before the earth began. You know who's speaking? Wisdom. In fact, Proverbs 8 verse 30 says, Wisdom is still speaking and it says, I was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence. Through his wisdom, God created our universe. Now, if you want to leave here and you want to believe that somehow everything just exploded into perfect order, God bless you. But I don't think you're that stupid. It takes a lot of faith. I don't even think it would be faith, really. It just takes a lot of something to believe that this universe, these planets, this solar system, and all the other solar, solar systems just happened to form. No matter how many times we try, we cannot copy the creative wisdom of God. And I want to tell you, uh, there was an experiment called Biosphere 2, where we actually as people tried to do that. And you probably have never heard of it because it was a total failure. But Biosphere 2 was an attempt to set up an isolated living environment that would supply all the factors necessary for sustaining life. 
It was to be a self-contained microcosm of life on earth, containing soil, air, water, plants, animals. Biosphere 2 originally consisted of an airtight enclosure covering 3.15 acres in Arizona. Despite an investment of about $200 million from 1984 to 1991, just think what that would cost now, a multi-million dollar operating budget, almost unlimited technological support, it proved impossible to sustain eight human beings with adequate food, water, and air for two years. Just into one year and three months after its enclosure in 1991, oxygen levels had fallen to the point that oxygen had to be added from the outside. 19 of 25 uh, vertebrae species placed in the unit became extinct. All the species that could pollinate the plants became extinct, as did most insects. Water and air pollution became acute, and temperature control became problematic. With all the intelligence put into the design of Biosphere 2, it could not be made to work. Yet many people would say that the wonderfully integrated ecosystems of Earth just happened without intelligent design. My grandma would say to them, bless their heart. Biosphere 2 was an attempt to copy the work of God, but it failed. We need to learn what the priest told Rudy in the movie, Rudy. He says, I've learned two things in life. There is a God, and I'm not him. We must have a foundation to build upon in life, and that wisdom we acquire by prayer, by reading the scriptures, by communing with God, is the immovable foundation called wisdom. If you have your Bibles, you go to Matthew chapter 7, and Jesus even says again, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Through the reading of the scriptures and obeying what's in them, we can have supernatural wisdom. To become wise, we must hear God's word and then obey the voice of Jesus. If we hear his voice but do not obey, Jesus then says, you're like the other guy. Verse 26 of Matthew 7 says, But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. There again, we go from two women, the foolish and the wise, to two men, one who built his house on rock, and one who built his house on sand. In God's eyes, you and I are either wise or we're foolish. There, there's really no in-between. Your foundation will either be strong because the storms of life will come. That was the other part of the parable in Matthew 7. Jesus did not say the storms may come. He said, and when the storms came. And so this morning, as we navigate through life, we, many of you have already weathered storms after storms, and you can testify to this truth, that if we are wise and we have built our house, this spiritual house, 
on the rock, which is Christ, then it's going to be okay. But if you're foolish and you build your house on something that moves, then it's not going to withstand life. Your foundation will either be strong or weak. One depending on what you do with God's word. You see, those who have truly not just heard God's word, but obey it, you are wise. And it's not that somehow God, God does not exempt any of us from tragedy, from sickness. What he says is this world will see two different kinds of people. It will see those that can weather the storms of life and, and those that cannot. And those that cannot will often look at those that can and say, what, what's the secret ingredient? You, you must have something that I don't. What, why are you able to withstand this? And yet over here, this family or this person uh, ha- is completely crushed. And that's when you and I have the opportunity to say, I can tell you not what it is, who it is. It's Jesus. It's this, it's this relationship. It's not magic. It's, it's not uh, anything like that. But it is supernatural wisdom where we understand that through it all, God will see us through. Maybe you can look at your life and say, you know what? Most of my life I've been foolish. Well, the truth is, as long as you're here this morning, you have the opportunity to look for wisdom, to ask for wisdom. There's so many things in life that uh, we need wisdom about. You know, and yes, the Bible is full of, of uh, even going into, you know, Paul, I, I was listening to a Bible study where it's just made very clear, do not date non-Christians. Paul makes it very clear, right? But yet life happens, things go wrong, uh, things happen in life. And yes, we, we know that God is there, uh, and that's why we have to pray, Lord, give me discernment to make the right decision. Because here's the tricky thing in the world. Not every decision is good and bad. There are some decisions that, yes, you you can make, but God has that great answer, that great thing that is waiting for you. And if you don't have wisdom, you can miss it. Don't go for the wisdom this world gives you. The wisdom that says, do to others before they do to you. Remember Job 28 and 28. The fear of the Lord is wisdom, and to shun evil is understanding. The fear of the Lord. What does that mean? It means to respect the Lord, to fear Him, to to honor Him. Friends, no matter how long we, we walk with God, we don't need to lose that fear of Him. He is not the man upstairs. He is the Lord Almighty. Allow the Holy Spirit this morning and and, in days that go on to fill your mind with the things of God. But you can't fill your mind with the things of God if you're not reading the things of God. It's not some magic where you say, Lord, uh, I need to help me during this time of temptation to remember this Bible verse that you didn't already read. It doesn't work that way. It's not a magic potion. It's about learning and getting into his word and his word is wisdom because he is wisdom and when we read his words we see and we're open to the things that many people are not that's why the bible says if you have a relationship with the lord even now there is light that has shined on you 
that has not shined on others. And so it is almost impossible to explain God to people who are in darkness. So make sure when you leave here today that you have wisdom. Allow the Holy Spirit to fill your mind and your heart. Follow and obey God's word so that your house may be built upon the rock, which is Christ. The storms are coming. The storms have come. It will continue to go on until he takes us to be with him. But we can withstand the storms. We can look back stronger because we built our house on a firm foundation. I'm going to ask if Mary Carroll would go to the piano and she's just going to play a tune. And maybe there are situations right now in your life where you're saying, Lord, I, I need some wisdom about this. I need to know what to do. You know, life, uh, life gets, seems to get more and more difficult the older you get. There's more and more decisions that need to be made. And friends, we need wisdom today. We need the discernment to make the right decisions, ultimately to honor the Lord, so that when others see us and they say, what's that main ingredient? What's that thing that you have that I don't have? And we can say, it's the wisdom of God that I have because of my relationship with Him. If you don't know Him this morning, this altar is for you. And if you do know Him, this altar is for you to come. In fact, James says, if you are without wisdom, ask God who gives freely. It's for you. It's for, it's, it's, the taking is free. All you have to do is come and ask. 